Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. It's Sean here from Roll to Cast again. And also, I played Tariq this season, yes. Again, at the top of the episode, this is just a reminder that this was a two-parter that we did. So, last week, we began the postseason meditation. We had a slew of questions slung our way. Couldn't bear to cut it down. It's a two-hour extravaganza, so we've cut it into part one, part two. Some of it was answered last week. The rest of it will be answered this week. You get two episodes for the price of one. We don't even charge for this podcast, so that statement is accurate. But we're not done. Because next week we have our interview with Brendan Conway, the lead designer for Avatar Legends. Stick around for that. But for now, enjoy part two. Bye! Uh, the other question from Tiger Claw is to Chris. Okay. Uh, who was the lady in the mask? Did the rejection of her offer of know. help affect the direction of the story as a whole? The Lady in the Mask was a character that I came up with after looking at how to make NPCs from this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take a... Because all the NPCs are solved characters. Uh, all the player characters have two directions that they can go. The NPCs only have one. They have a fixed perspective. Mm. They are not as three-dimensional as your character. They are. know who they are. They know who they are. Yeah. They are not shit teenagers. They are adults. They have... Cynically, pragmatically, resolved that question mm. and all questions, and now understand who they are. Yeah. Um, until a teenager comes up and disrupts that. You're uh, real stink. <laughs> uh, this was a character who uh, I can't remember what the alignment was, uh, but basically, I took a Kyoshi warrior and I said, "What if they were a libertarian?" <laughs> oh no! And it showed. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that was kind of that was that was the the sum total of that character. Does she uh, have a little? Do you have a little backstory for her? Do you have a history of how she came t- to serve? Clan Hoshi, or uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, the the kind of narrative I had in my head was that she uh, was a Kyoshi warrior, and um, the Kyoshi warriors were constantly serving this idea of this woman, and uh, that it that it resolves into nothing. 
the service is service for service's sake. And that's not actually fulfilling. That isn't actually do anything for an individual. What happens if, uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't read the Kyoshi comic, uh, so she is an outlaw and then creates a practice of like devotion and like self-restraint as the avatar. What if someone comes the reverse cycle of that? What if they start in that system of discipline, respect, honor, uh, and and kind of like aligning to each other as like battle sisters and deserts that. Uh, yeah. What if I was an individual? Cool. What if I was a yeah. soldier of fortune? What if I aligned myself to the winning side? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. did um did sense. Ellen's rejection of did uh did Karna's rejection of the offer of help right before the playbook scene did that affect things? Did you think it was going to go a different way? Yes, I did oh. because I thought that Ellen would do the playbook thing again for her, where oh. she would go. I'm going to have you join my side along with the two soldiers. And that would be your idealist's first followers. And that's why I had them there. My bad. I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, okay, so what I'm going to do is we're going to like articulate what the character's mechanic is. I'm going to have these NPCs, bring them in, break the playbook using them, rebuild the new playbook. And then here's the first, like, here's your first follower. Here's the tutorial moment where we've got three characters, Two of them have one way of, of being like brought into your pack and another one has one way of being brought into your pack. You might not pick all three, but you might pick one of the two combinations. And that would be like, those are the tutorial. And that's why I brought in the new NPC Kim. at the campsite. Yeah. Because yeah. I wanted oh. to highlight that skill. Well, that's I didn't a want mighty fine Damascus oh, road you got there. Kim be a shame if... <laughs> I really wish this is a, a video pod, like a video podcast, because I loved your hand expressing that. That helped me a lot. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he yeah. was cracking, yeah, he was yeah. cracking things open and yeah. putting them back together. Well, and- yeah, that's my that's my director's. Perhaps hand. I'm yeah. a frustrating player to play with. Are you honoured what I you thought not- she would do in the moment? Yeah, yeah. I did yeah. not pick up on that. So this this question's from the um the over archiver. I always want to say over archiver. Just to be, just to be silly. <laughs> just That's to, how it's said. Just to be silly. Over um, Archiver, I barely know it. No. Um, <laughs> this is the first season that involved a romance between player characters, albeit in a PG setting with kid characters. Oh. Not sure how to phrase this as a question. Um, what was that like, I guess? Thoughts? <laughs> comments? <laughs> I so loved long. it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. It was a little awkward, but I don't know if that's because it was genuinely awkward between us the actors or if i i actually think probably a lot of it was to do with the fact that we were playing it very awkward yes yeah I it was that. very sweet mm. i just listened to that today and i was like oh it was actually really beautiful like at the time i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here okay yeah. but um i thought it was really beautiful and really sweet and and listening back to it as well um i loved Picking up those little moments that kind of led up to it. Like mm. it didn't feel Doesn't like it came out of, out of nowhere. No. And it, that's important as well because we didn't have a conversation about it before game. This was just something that came out organically through the characters. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we'd kind of joked about it and then like we should have known that we joked about it and then Christmas and then it like, happened. <laughs> <laughs> I will make it happen now. But yeah, and oh, and then also before we pass to you, Sean, I also just loved hearing also those little bits between Clove and Kana. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, that could have also been a thing. If yeah, I, absolutely. I shipped them. <laughs> I, I ship it. I ship it. Clove is a bi queen. <laughs> like, I forgot about that. And I forgot that that guys. could really... 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a version of a story as well where like Zhang and Clove as well. Like it just goes everywhere. Like it could have been Zhang no, and Clove. It's familiar. No, it's familiar. Not everywhere. No, because no, Kana no. was only hard. No, Kana was only into girls. Zhang and Tariko was I, painful. I think absolutely every pairing could yeah, have happened in some universe. Oh, I saw yeah. Zhang and Kana. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought I as well. A, yeah, yeah I, 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 I was open to it, even though in my backstory I'm like, kind of only liked girls. <laughs> <laughs> but if the chemistry is there, it's there. <laughs> Connor and Chloe had chemistry. I was like, oh, good about that. <laughs> it did feel, and I thought that I thought, funnily enough, that did feel like a TV show because they would kind of Abbott's- sprinkle in a little bit of like the gay agenda what? for lack like, of <laughs> better words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's always Queer there's, representation. But, like, you woke moralists. Gay baiting. There's always yeah, there's gay baiting. Yeah, there's always baiting. Like um, oh, there's always ship teasers in. There's it's always like, yeah. ship teasers. Avatar loves its ship teasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And oh, then Katara has like Zuku. the main storyline. Yeah. 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 I, I yeah, thought it was very sweet. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah I wonder how, how Sean felt. Oh, I hated it so. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just, it was very fascinating because up until that point at Rolled Cast, the only real kind of flirtations and romances we've had had been between whoever the GM was yeah, that's right. at the given time yeah. and a player character, like starting with Amelie and, and Cassie. Um, and Cassie and I don't know who else there. The, J- uh, Jane, the way, and yeah, yes. and Jane, yeah. the way, and Spitfire. Spitfire, and like so, it was yeah. interesting to see what happens like when two uh, uh, players feel like comfortable enough to see Bowser. You'll get your turn soon. Um, when two players feel comfortable enough to like go. All right, let's just see how it yeah. goes. And, and I felt like it was really us. We'd take one step and be like, oh, okay, cool. And then take another step forward together until we kind of, until kind of Chris was like, okay, they're going down here. And then you kind of really orchestrated it in the end. But I think, I think probably a nudge was useful. Yeah. But we also flirted with the idea of like them having little, little schisms and little spats as well. Yeah. And they would actually still, which is very in keeping with an entire mm. season of the will they, won't they yeah, sort of thing, which yeah, is yeah. fun to mess with. Cause it could have been completely separated them, but then to see it mm. keep coming to and fro was just fun to play as well. It was, it was very yeah. fun. Yeah. We, we Sometimes didn't... I'd pick a fight with you. I'd be like, cause she cares. <laughs> <laughs> She's only yelling at you cause she cares. We didn't, we didn't spring it out of nowhere as no. well. Oh, me no. on the players. Just want to make that. No, 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 yeah. absolutely not. But I think um, I think you you came in with an idea of what that episode looked like. And then yes. we kind of and and yeah, you didn't spring on us at all. Like we kind of knew what was going on. Yeah. Um yeah. very quickly. Yeah. As you can kind of hear in the episode. But <laughs> I, I think it was valuable to have like that was one of the moments that I was thinking before of like, yeah, you know, you did actually set up narrative arcs for us to follow within uh like an episode or a mm. two yeah, whatever. But, uh, and like, you just like sprinkle crumbs for us to follow for us to kind of um, explore this story that you'd created. Yeah. I think this is the joy of Roll to Cast being, you know, between us all as trained performers who have all worked with each other. It is that delicate feeling out of, mm. like you said, a step forward, a step forward, you know, open to the possibility. But then also, I think we have had flirtations with, at this point, yeah, NPCs and PCs where it's like a step forward. Nah, these two characters aren't gonna work together. Okay, and yeah. and as well as it's not live, so um, yeah. you know we we can have discussions out of character and and once the microphones are off as well about hey, what do you think about this? Uh- <laughs> oh yeah, we, we'd go into like the living room every day and be like, we ship it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was most of the conversations. Can, can, can actually, I just add one yeah, one, of you can. one little thing. Uh, I think it's one of those things. 
Speaking as an actor, no. Um, no. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that I think if you if you haven't done a lot of um, uh, a performance and stuff, that just seems like a lot more ac- awkward on the outside looking in. Uh, I I often find there's a, there's a really banal example is like of of things being different outside looking. And people often ask you like when you're an actor, uh, obviously not when you're doing improv, but they're going, "How do you learn all your lines?" And you're like, "That is the least of my worries." Yeah, so <laughs> that true. really is the least of my worries. Yeah, and I think it's kind of similar. It's like, oh my god, is that really awkward playing a romance between the two of you? And you're like. To a degree, yeah, because you you want to get it right, and and you know there is intense emotions involved, but like once you trust each other, it's not that much different than playing any other emotionally intense scene. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's that's maybe just a kind of like the inside look at it is like, yeah, it's it's romance. It's just another kind of emotion that we mm. that yeah. we we're trying yeah. to embody. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like the trickiest part was like negotiating how far each little interaction was going, and like that kind of dance between them was actually harder than like oh it being really awkward, especially <laughs> romance as teen yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. that's what it really like, was. Oh, is like because that dance. these are not these are not characters who've probably fallen in love before. Yeah. And, also, and how do we negotiate As a that? season, just knowing that it can't peak too early and it yeah. needs to have a, a progression and a graduation period as well. Even if it finishes, like it can't just be straight away in that first episode. So it's knowing how much to introduce and to like kind of go on with as well. Yeah, Can I sure. tell you when I knew I was going to insert it? <laughs> yes. When? When? Uh, when the two boys and the two gals went off into their <gasps> separate corners. Yeah. Very early yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. So when Clove and Kana yeah. and Zhang and Tariq yeah. split off, yeah, I was we like, had our little oh, shoe this thing. Is about, oh, this is I about teenagers discovering like uh, how they're supposed to, quote unquote, supposed to operate in like their gender roles and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, mm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay, yeah. we'll explore that uh, because romance is part of that. So yeah, yeah. interesting, Absolutely. interesting, interesting. That's when I was planting a lot of seeds. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a uh, question from, romance. this is a question from Slowpoke uh, and quote, this question is for Chris and Zola. Oh. As the two experts in the group of this franchise. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like, my glasses. <laughs> How deep does your knowledge go? Fanfic? The comics? I presume both Aang and Korra's series have been watched. Also, a related question. Yeah. Who knows more out of the both of you? Oh, oh, oh. Who is the greatest at Avatar knowledge? Definitely, Chris, because I've not read the comics. Yeah. And also, I do not like Korra. Ooh. Same. The, um, the series or the character? That's, that's an un. That's a. That's an uncontroversial but I can't, take. But I, think. I can't get through it. I've, oh, you I can't can, get through it. I cannot tell you how many times I've sat down. I've only about four episodes in. I truly, I truly cannot do it. I think we were talking about. Uh, was it us who was talking about how season two is kind of a bit better and a bit disengaged from the main arc? No, season three is. That's season three. Season three. So maybe You're I like, I'm never go, getting there. <laughs> well, maybe I'll just go watch that, but I truly yeah. find it such a slog. I don't, I'm not a, I don't like the tech meets. No, nor um, do I. Yeah, meets like this avatar magic that they've set <laughs> no up. No like, one played an inventor in this as well. Yeah. There's something you can do. No, they but, did. Yeah. Ellen did. That's the archetype that mm. the inventor is based off of. Uh, the successor or the... The successor. The ide- oh, okay. is, yeah. is mechanical technology in, uh, okay. in Korra. Yeah. Uh, so Azami is the successor. Well, there in, you go. Uh, in, uh, well, the Korra. successor is based off... Yeah, well, I wouldn't uh, yeah. know. Based off, uh, so she's... So you're the incorrigible. Ca- she's the, uh, <laughs> she's the character who's supposed to get the mechs. She she has a dynasty of like mechs. So uh, t- can That's you talk was... to us about the comics? I don't know uh, anything about the comics. So there's lots. 
There's many, many, <laughs> there's many, many, many. Uh, there is, so there's the kind of, uh, I think they're technically a graphic novel for uh, Kiyoshi. Uh, there is, uh, I think they're graphic novels. Or do I read a book and forget it? My brain is terrible. Um, <laughs> then there's a post-season Avatar Last Airbender content. Yeah. Uh, there is some uh, small scattering of Korra stuff, though I'm not sure if that's official. Hmm. Uh, uh, there's lots of there's lots of Avatar Airbender. Well, this explains stuff. why there's like that. Like you remember getting that core rulebook and just how it's pages and chapters yeah. upon chapters of all the different eras that it talks about. These are only found in these comics, sort of thing, and that's yeah, how they extrapolate it's quite all the lore. Yeah, there's a there's a lot, and look, there are there are some creative decisions that happen in Korra that I disagree with creatively. I, I, I kind of fundamentally disagree with them. Are people going to uh, watch Cora, do we think? No. Um, nah. Uh, <laughs> even if TV Chris, <laughs> Chris, I haven't even watched Avatar. That's that true. So watch That's true. Even, if, even if I one day finish it, I won't be mad by anything you say today. So, like, okay, the spirit <laughs> world is a real tangible place. What? People, <laughs> people can go there and souls can be preserved there. Ah, so now we get into some pathologic See, stuff. So, like a hundred <laughs> years later, Iroh's still around, which kind of feels like a kick in the teeth a little bit because I'm like, wow, that Wait. sucks. Iroh's alive and I Aang's that, not. But I read it yes. from a fan fiction, what? so I'm like, well, oh. Aang's alive because all the, the Avatar is alive. Also, oh, the Avatar line, line of succession get severed? gets severed. Also, the uh, Badger Moles and the Koi and the dragons. <laughs> And the bison do not teach you bending. All dragon turtles teach you bending. <laughs> Explicitly, exclusively. Let me get so to you learn, some you other You want to learn any form of bending, you go to those, what are well, they? You go to the dragon turtles who are. <laughs> I'm so lost. <laughs> Wait, in the spirit world? No. So they were. <laughs> so they're talking about the original so benders. The spirit right? world. Oh, the and original the, benders. Uh, the spirit world and the physical. No, the spirit world, uh, uh, I think, and the physical world were. Originally connected? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, I kind of remember this. First stuff. Avatar <laughs> steals fire. So you get some like real like, what do you call it? Uh, well, Prometheus. Firebending, Prometheus. Yeah, firebending's from the dragons, right? No, firebending's from the... Dragon turtles. Dragon turtles. Uh, lion turtles. Lion turtles. Oh my Everything God. comes from the lion turtles. Did Everything I say dragon turtles? You said dragon uh, turtles. Uh, turtles. Yeah, okay, lion turtles. Uh, <laughs> dragon turtles, they don't exist. Every, everything <laughs> comes from the dragon turtles. Nothing comes from the dragons, the bison, the koi, or the badger moles. That's and I so think sad. that's frustrating. I don't I'm, like um, that. I'm fine having not watched Korra. Uh, I thought he was. Yeah. I thought the first bender was given bending. He stole it. And then he then he went around getting it. Well, they he gave it. They gave it. But we were so far in the I weeds. Think, guys. I, I have heard this. I read a lot of fan fiction, so I actually have heard a lot of this stuff. But yes. I would be like, why is this writer making this? No, and like, it's not, so it's mate. actually really weird hearing it now, being like, oh, it's yeah, canon. It's canon. It, that's I'm gonna, canon. I'm going to so wrap much. this. I'm going to wrap this into the next question. From Can Roll- I just say very quickly? <laughs> Season three, so season three of Cora is excellent. I will, I really I will go do watch recommend that. I'll Steam go rolling that. through this. Role playing grenade. Chris, Hello. with Avatar The Last Airbender being a property with a lot of lore and arguably, <laughs> arguably the best known nah. of the systems and settings y'all have played in, was there extra pressure to keep the story as canonical as possible? Did that change as... The game played. Yes. Yeah, I was really stressed about it. Man, um, for a about, brief moment, I thought we were going to kill Luten. <laughs> so I got... Uh, the night after we Paradox. recorded, I went home and I looked at my boyfriend and I went, I've made the biggest mistake. I've ruined the season. I'm an idiot. 
I have I've I've ruined everything. What did you think um, you'd done? Uh, I I had I put you too close to a changeable event for canon, and Blasting I did not want more of uh, exactly what you expressed Zola earlier, which is. I can't blow up the dam because that's going to that's a retcon, right? That's it's, it's uh, uh, not retcon. That's a continuity issue. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, I've ruined everything, and so that first night I had uh, maybe like in my head five or six rewrites, and then I was like, okay, so I could do this, I could do this differently, I could do this differently, and all of this came out because uh, Ellen. Oh no! Ellen, Ellen was like, oh, that's Lieutenant. I'm sorry. I thought it was a thing I would know. Like r- <laughs> right at the start. Uh, she, and uh, totally. I yeah. There is no reason why I shouldn't have thought of that. I was like. Um, but oh. you were just like, that's Lieutenant. And I'm like, oh, Ooh, I no. loved how juicy that was though. I, like I wrote son. I was like, oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Were you, did you not write any of this down? Was this all, did you say you re- you wrote this in your head? Oh, the whole season's from my head. Oh, that's so frustrating, man. <laughs> He's annoying like that, that's yeah. That's so, all right, do you, want, do you want to look at these pages in front of me for Starfighters? You, should see, you should see his notes, you should see his notes for Vampire, vampire. just it's on like, a phone. It's, no, it's just like a, an it's A4 a sing, It's an A4 page. page. Yeah, that's, like how I, that's how I thought <laughs> it was meant to be done. Because when I did Pulp, I stuck to the vampire form. No, and did like man, two do pages. Like and then I got, then I got Feed the Beast. I'm like, what is this? Feed the Beast. By the way, Feed the Beast is like a nearly complete like actual campaign book in the style that you might pick up in a shop. Well, you're frustratingly talented. <laughs> I'm, I'm, there you go. I'm frustrating. I, I have a really irritating ability to, to process a lot of stuff in my head and I don't need to put it down. Um, I had a very famous theatre director um, yell at me in front of my actors when I was at directing school. She, I won't name her, but she's an Australia. She has an Order of Australia Award. Uh, she's directed on the West End and Broadway the same show. She's the only person to do that yeah. there's not that many people you, you now do. you're narrowing it down <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like once this episode comes out I'm just going to go over those clues until I find her her name is Snail Bedsworth yeah oh. right yeah. Um, and she yelled at you for not, write, not writing things down well she was like where's your like script for the play and I'm like what do you mean the, a- the actors know the lines <laughs> <laughs> wow! And she's like, "Where are your notes for your directorial decision?" I'm like, "In my head, in my noggin." And she's like, "So why aren't you taking any notes?" I'm like, "I am. They're in my head, <laughs> in my brain." And you, the person who constantly complains about their memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'm gonna start doing that now. That's the way I'm gonna go through life. It's like, are you gonna take notes? I did. I, I do. In my head. I, have I in my brain. no idea that I had no idea that was such a big. Well, I I knew it was like big. But I kind of thought you were, for some reason, trying to bait me into killing Lieutenant. <laughs> because I was like, I was like, well, Chris knows that I know this. Surely, he's putting it in front of me. We know at some point Lieutenant dies. Oh we yeah, don't, I thought that we too. We do not know how. We just know it happens oh, during the. I'm so glad you didn't do that to me at all. In I the original, in the original draft of the the story, I had I had that. Yeah. <laughs> That would have that, been that okay. would have been that, so cool. Right. You, you were the defense of uh, the the original concept was that you were in Barsingsay, and that the siege happens, and you defend the city, and you were the team that goes out wow, and defends wow, the city, wow. and you are the one who slay 
Lutan. I was so like, what season, kind of psychological yeah. warfare? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There you go. That's we can structure that. Act one, two, three. There you yeah, go. I, just, there you I go. felt right back to vampire. I was like, what kind of psychological warfare is this, Chris? I don't want to kill. Um, <laughs> I, I, I remember the idea when he was panicking about like changing the continuity. That like he would go and watch the series and be like. It's all changed. <laughs> no, changed the show. Like, where, where, there's, where, there's, where there's Lou 10, there's just a blank space. <laughs> no one there. <laughs> the best episode of the show just doesn't exist oh, anymore. Yeah. Leaves oh, on the Vine is not a song. So it's, it's soccer singing like some sort of little happy Stop. jig song. Also from Role Playing Grenade, uh, for the players, mm. how is it like playing a game where other PCs could mechanically change your character? Awesome. I loved it. Yeah. That sort of stuff for me is great. I love this idea of you might have an idea of, you know, what your response is going to be. But if the dice roll changes, go with it. For me, it's just a nice acting exercise as well. Yeah. To go yeah. like, you might have, you know, as I said earlier, like I had, I knew what Tariq was going to do in every moment. I knew what he would do. But what if that changes based on the roll of the die? And you have to relate to that. Yeah, I like it because they... I feel like it added that layer of complexity to these characters I feel because they were constantly being pulled between these two diametrically opposed forces and you never really knew which way they were going to go. We have this chat, I can't remember in which episode, but we, we where we talk about, oh, okay, sometimes we need to go against, you know, against the, the normal role player idea of, well, this and that and this have happened and this character's on this path sometimes we need to kind of uh, impose this change because um, this character's always between these two forces. It's not like one is better than the other, right? And normally in another role-playing game, you'd kind of think of that as just starting stuff. <laughs> like, you know, just just kind of throwing forks yeah. in the road for no real reason. It's like, no, this is this is part and parcel of the game. So I, I, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I think you have to like this kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> that's Do you know you? as simple as I, I like it. I like it. It's it's you know we're all speaking as actors. You know it's it's a very good acting exercise. It encourages you to understand your character and the way they relate to others. In in a okay in a slightly kind of limited dimension, you 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 push between two principles. But it's a game and these are kids and you're improving. You're not expected to have a fully fleshed out like emotional world. The two track thing is fine, especially when you then relate it to everybody else's, you know, that creates enough complexity. But if you just want to play a game where you do cool powers and fight baddies, you're not going to get as much out of it. Pick up monsters and masterminds. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You, you are going to struggle with mutants this. Mutants and masterminds. Because you're going to be like, I don't, I don't care about force and care. I don't care about tradition and, and, uh, Whatever your other one was, <laughs> I'd, I'd say then you probably Progress, you right? probably wouldn't be playing in the spirit of the Avatar setting as well. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. That's, that's principally like what it's about. Well, yeah, yeah. I I I, I think it's uh, Clove says it, but there's just a really beautiful moment where you say we're just kids. Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah, this idea of like this push and pull, and and nothing comes easy. You know, all of these all of these kids in this world are just trying to fight for something and you know even if you're a bender you have this kind of somewhat magical power it doesn't make your life easy you still have to slog through the snow you still have to put snow in a bucket and take it back home like <laughs> mm. uh, I, I just really feel like it adds that layer of complexity and depth to the world yeah what about you Zola? well i mean i feel like i've spoken a lot about like how much i love the emotional side to this to this game. I always feel like when I play D&D, I end up like with a group of really like strong friends, but there is always something in me that's like 
there's actually a complexity that's lacking from this and um and this game totally answered that question um and yeah I I loved when um Chris would come in and and move us a certain way or one way or the other or when you guys would call us out and stuff like that Uh, and because yeah it's this thing of an outside force literally pulls you in a different direction so maybe I was feeling super trustworthy but then something happens or Chris sees something or someone calls me out and I'm forced to now put Clove on a path where she is now more self-reliant in this moment and it's like it's yeah it's really really fascinating and very very fun I think it's modeling the way our identities are really just in relation to, to each other. Mm, yeah. yeah. The pull between those two, char- those two character archetypes is where you find the character. Yes. By putting those two things in conflict, uh, one thing and another thing in opposition, you come out with something that is true and that should be the character, which means that it's a really great way for people who aren't actors and are neutral. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today role-playing can find a really convincing character by virtue of this system yeah i think that's really helpful uh chris this comes from frozen uh what is the biggest wrench or divergence that the pcs introduced to your backdrop and story and then for the players to think about were there any big surprises that took you all off guard okay uh the lutan being discovered was uh, was an early one (laughs) um but again that that took me just like three hours of of being in my little Brain palace. What, a, <laughs> what an absolute jerk! Um, <laughs> in my magnificent mind. Yeah, I'm. This is a ramshackle <laughs> yeah. mind palace, dusty library. Yeah. Like, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's me screaming in a dumpster. <laughs> um, that's my mind palace. Is a is a, a dumpster. Uh, it's real Uncle Bob. Yeah, that was that was a big wrench. Um, no, not really. You said cool. yourself that you didn't expect us to do what we did in the Iron Village. Which was that? That was us all splitting off. Yeah, okay. That was that was Oh yeah, you thought I'd go with um Zhang. Yes. And that's, then I didn't. That's, that, that was my I, big I, one. I think that was that was probably my most common thing was uh how f- infrequently you two paired up, Zhang and Clove. Yeah. Um yeah. That, that was the most like kind of I would plan something like the village and then you two would run off and after that point i was like okay cool i'm gonna pull the trigger on the the love sequence then if clove keeps running off with uh tariq then let's give them a reason to to hang out together yeah i don't 
know if I how well I played my guardian in that way because I did I did often like leave him be and like at the time I think it's called I hands think, off parenting. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing about having such obvious character objectives is like. To me, I felt like I was always watching over you mm. because I always knew where you were and I always had was thinking about you and I always had an eye out to you. But that didn't always necessarily mean that I would go with you. And that's probably where actually to follow like what this game wants, that maybe I should have ticked over more into following you around. Well, I, I think it's interesting because I think we played, you played more of an emotional guardian. Yeah, and I think that's I th- true. I think you recognised that Zhang was someone who had a lot of rage and was like really out for revenge. He spoke a big game about justice, but he was really just, he was angry he was and, angry. Gr- and yeah. grieving and, and a bit lost and also not massively in touch with his emotions. And the guardianship that he needed was not to fall off his balance, which is what happened to him partway through. And I felt like it was much more of an emotional guidance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, when you put it that way, I'm like, okay, she did do a good yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right though. Um, And I actually think that was something that we talked about. I'm not sure if it was in an episode, but I know early on we spoke about the fact that you could look after yourself physically and yeah. it was, you know... He's a teen. You needed to be smart elsewhere. He, yeah, yeah, he needed he need help mm. elsewhere that he didn't know about. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it was kind of so interesting because for me, I remember that moment so visually and visibly when Clove says to um when you say to Zhang, like, let's just go. Let's just run off and do this ourselves. Cause I was thinking about what had just happened on the other side of the coin, which is the big Jean Grey explosion. I was thinking, what like sp- spicy, fiery narrative possibilities that has with Zhang and Chloe finally being able to explore that kind of um, guardianship. I thought we were going to go. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, what does that mean for Kana and, like, for Kana and Tariq is about learning to, like, trust each other again and to, like, be like, where have the other two gone? And just seeing, like, how their paths would diverge and come back. Mm. I was so excited by that idea. So then I was surprised when it didn't happen. I was like, huh. What could have been? I think it's mm. that thing of uh, you were talking about Zola when you play other games. Sometimes it's the thing of like our characters are friends, but friends call each other out. And, um, you know, sometimes by having that conflict, you really test um, the strength of things. You know, I, I feel like you need light and shade always. And in yeah. this season, yes, there's a lot of melodrama and there's lots of earnestness and talking about justice and um, but there's moments of comedy and there's little moments of sweetness and, and all of those, the light and shade of each moment makes the others pop. The conflict of these teens, the fights that they've had really makes their bond stronger. Um, yeah. Because you look at them and you're like, they've lived together. It's not just like, oh, here's a generic group of four kids and they're just going to be friends because the narrative dictates that they are. There was a point where you could have left. Yeah. And you didn't. Yeah, and I think you just made me think of something like, I think the way that you often play these games with your friends, and so I think there is a caution to do stuff like that, but I think what this does so successfully is it gives space for you to safely have these conflicts with people where, like, it was so funny because I'm playing a D&D campaign at the moment, and when I was playing 
them simultaneously, I went and I picked a fight with someone. <laughs> and I think it was because I was just so like- In so avatar used, mode? Yeah, yeah, in avatar mode. And it was it's the only fight we've had the whole season. Like, yeah. um, Zola, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, but that's what happens on a D&D type pick. We're like, what are you doing? Yeah, but afterwards, no one did that. They were all really happy. But afterwards, I went home and I felt really bad. Mm. And I felt like I'd been really annoying. And- and like maybe I had, maybe I hadn't, doesn't really matter. But like if you want that kind of dramatic stuff, you need actually to give your players space to do that. Yeah. 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 And there's the, you know, because of this is so collaborative, it never feels like as a player, oh, the tables have just turned on you. And, and it is that feeling of like, what are you doing? You're trying to PVP? Like I thought we were collaboratively telling a story here. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's great because you can have like to, to – that moment that we're highlighting, right, where you, where you, uh, you wanted us to leave, and I called you out. It's what it, the mechanics mean. You can have a, a moment where the characters are really against each other. They're really upset with each other, and the players like. That was awesome. Well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, yeah great. totally. We're really angry at each other now. Wicked. Oh, that was great. It's so yeah. funny that this mechanically does uh, what I felt so viscerally at the end of uh, last season. Uh, which is for The Witcher, so just spoilers for the end of The Witcher, but with um, Blood Soaked Rose, like Chris and I go off at each <laughs> other in a way that we flirted with in season one. Bob and Junk have a few little kind of tit for tats, but it, we go hard <laughs> into each other. Last and I, episode's nuts. And I remember at the very end, like we finished, Chris and I just turned and just shook hands and yeah. laughed <laughs> because it's so funny. Yeah. Um, to yeah. me to be able to be so harsh to one another and then finish be like <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's get a drink nice. good, good yeah. show yeah. Um, but to answer the question yeah. oh yeah um, <laughs> well, there, are que- there are questions I uh, the bit that surprised me was like I knew I knew it was like around the siege of Say, but like we were after Bashira so hard that when the idea was introduced that actually Bashira was part of the siege like I remember like me loving Avatar I was like that is so cool like I'm so glad that we're going to be part of that story now so that's what surprised me yeah yeah nice well first of all thank you very much for everyone that uh, gave us questions on Discord thank you we love you all thank you for being a part of our community Uh, we also have just a couple of questions here from um, the old uh, (laughs) burning fire that is Twitter Um, (laughs) I like it there (laughs) It's a flavor. I still get my memes. I don't really see yeah. I'm going to keep playing violin while this yeah. city burns. As, as long as your memes don't insult Musk, you're absolutely fine. Uh, no. This, this a lot comes of the from, time they do. This comes from Pedro. Uh, Hello. Yeah. Pedro. Hey, how, Pedro. This is kind of something we've touched on, but if we have any other thoughts and like to extrapolate, we can. How easy or how difficult was the game mechanics playing the game? While the end result and story was great, I couldn't help but feel that the game mechanics kept constantly pausing the flow of the game and the roleplay. Was that your experience? To a degree. It depends. I think some of the rules are too specific. And I said this earlier, and I think it's not the case with every rule. There are common ones. But a lot of games are set up where... Things are, uh, they work mechanically, they work on a mechanical base that everybody shares. This is the way you shoot a gun, right? And you might have a special gun that shoots explosive bullets or cats (laughs) or whatever, and that's an exception, but by and large, that's how it works, right? But this is more like, well, I have a slingshot that shoots the moon, and (laughs) you have, uh, you can build a rocket, 
the the, the, the cat the cat the cats the, the, the that a cat can operate. This right? metaphor's really gotten away from me. It's you, really gotten it? away from me, really bad. Um, no, I love it. But, Keep going. The metaphor but, is a metaphor in itself. But everybody's mechanics are specific, yes. and you have to negotiate how my mechanics work with your mechanics, and then even the ones that are shared, you have to go. Okay, how does this mechanic work in this scene with the current thing we're having? So it it does get in the way, but I think. Um, the best way, the groove we found, which is to find the point where you go, oh, where the DM goes, hey, that's a move. Let's resolve that. And then you kind of negotiate and then you step back into role play. And when you can get that going, it kind of works all right. Mm. It does, like there, like you said as well, Ellen, there's, there's definitely some growing pains. There's teething pains at the beginning where you just like, oh, this is different and new. Where does how does this all fit together? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think once you get in the groove, it can work. So sometimes yes, sometimes no. That's can my I, answer. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see you going. Because uh, I saw that question on Twitter a long time ago, so I've been formulating this answer. Ooh, for all right, I'm ready. Um, yeah, it got in the way of us putting on a show in a role playing game around a table. This system is not going to get in anyone's way. Ellen and I uh, and Sean. Uh, the three of us have played Mage of the Awakening, oh, yes, which yeah. is one of the hardest games to play from a system perspective. Just yes, casting magic is a nightmare. Yes, it was. <laughs> however, I liked it. <laughs> uh, however, uh, Ellen, who is not the biggest fan of systems, no. <laughs> strangely, weirdly, uh, loved it and got it instantly. Your mileage may vary as to how quickly or how slowly you pick up the system, but when you're around the table, there is not a constant desire and a constant thrust to tell a story. It's not the biggest focus uh, that you have, that you have an obligation to a listening audience to tell a, a cohesive narrative, right? You are, your friends around a table playing friend, a game. And, and if that means that you need to take five minutes to look at the rules, sit down, quietly look at them, or go online and consult the wiki, great. But for us, that means that there is a time pressure and so we have to we have to make hay while the, the sun shines. Mm. Uh, and so the rules did get in the way of us telling a what we usually do, which is telling a narrative-focused role-playing game experience. Yeah, we always um, want to tell a good story for, yeah. for you guys listening. Mm. You and, know? and that story is very rarely the one we want to tell about us learning a new system. That's yeah. a part of it, but that's not the big focus. Yeah. And so in that way, yeah, it did. Because we collectively, all five of us, weren't fully across the rules as maybe we could have been, should have been. I don't think should have been. No, we, we, we got that core book a week before. Yeah. Yeah, so, but also yeah. it was really like warming into it. Like I felt yeah. like I knew yeah. them pretty well actually. But then you get there and there's like six or seven different categories of things yeah. that you can go through. And so I would just forget yes. or get confused, even though I actually knew them pretty well. Mm. As well, we we really experienced it down to the end where it's just <laughs> me and Chris in a combat scene. But it, it, it can really disturb your sense of flow when it comes back to you so quickly. And because a lot of those moves have essentially kind of counter moves of I call, I, I want to shift your balance. Oh, well, I can deny that or mm. I can, well, mm. I can mark this. Uh, because it's it's a lot of ping-ponging back and forth, sometimes you can kind of get thrown off and you go, oh, oh, I was not. Uh, yeah. I was only yeah. thinking one step ahead when maybe I should have been thinking two or three or, you know. And I think what was, was interesting for me is that I was trying to think, oh, why didn't this bother me as much as something like this usually would? Like, it would usually feel much more clunky. Like, famously, I'm somebody that likes things more rules light, even though yes. the games I pick are not that. <laughs> yes. Um, but with this system, I went, I think it's a testament, and I figured out what it was. I think it's a testament to you, Chris, and the way you constructed the game 
immersed me so heavily in the world that I didn't mind sitting through the clunk. And because I was so immersed in it narratively that it was a means to an end. It's like, no, no, we need to get down nitty gritty in these mechanics, figure out exactly what to do because it's in service of pushing this thing forward that I really want to get into. Mm. So I personally didn't feel the it helped me as much because I enjoyed that as part of the process. Sure, yeah. Which also might just be a fact of roll to cast is a different beast than us playing casually around a yeah. table. Yes. We've done both. All of us have in different various forms and different combinations with each other. Roll to cast just feels different because it is. And so yeah. we approach it in a different way because we have to. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a great summary shot. And I guess that's, that's my like, to your point, is kind of my great concern um, with this season. Not as like an anxious worry thing. It's just that I'm an always anxious worrying person. <laughs> um, is that our listening audience, unless you are a big Avatar fan, um, you wouldn't have had the the kind of chats that we as in pre-production did that I geared everyone up, that I excited everyone to start the season. Um, so I, I'm always anxious that, you know, yeah. uh, leaving too much of the rules in gets in the way of us telling a story because Rollercast is not about for people gathered around the table just playing a game. And it's about the people playing the game. Uh, we we focus on the story. We mm. focus on the narrative. It's also interesting as well because no one would have been playing Avatar. No, well, that's uh, right. No, but you can only now pre-order. Uh, well, who knows when this? Well, this episode's not that far away from releasing. It's a week away, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. But you can you can pre-order the game now. Um, but yeah, we uh, be- because being a Kickstarter, we we had it early, so there's this kind of sense of. Experiencing pioneers, game. yeah, experience, yeah, paving the way. Experiencing a game all together for the first time—that's that's not really been played a lot. So yeah, you know. yeah. Chris, I will just say on like, I definitely felt anxious with some of the clunk at the time, but like in my latest re-listen, I was like, oh. It actually moves along at a pretty good, like at a quite a nice pace. Like, I'm glad. I really enjoyed it, and like my anxiety about like what we've just been talking about because I definitely had that anxiety at the time but listening back that's kind of disappeared I was like oh no it was really fun and like there's one or two moments where I'm like okay I feel like we spoke about that for a long time but I can only think of honestly like two maybe three all up a lot of it is really fascinating talking about this stuff Hmm. and like if you're a listener of this podcast I assume you like that sort of thing I think it's yeah a big testament to Chris and also a big testament to Sean on the edit as well I think both of those things like both of you guys kind of um, paving away for us was like really, yeah, really valuable. Or Chris paving away and Sean like packing it Blowing, up in the rear. Sweeping, sweeping up behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better than my analogy anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked the cat gun. <laughs> I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to finish off with uh, one final question from Twitter um, from Baron, Baron, Baron Finitely. Baron for Natalie. Andrew, oh, yeah. you know who you are. Ah. Um, Andrew. Oh, yeah. Andrew. Um, I really like the energy that Zola brings to the table. Yay. I think she's a great addition and would like to hear them in more seasons. <gasps> What's Zola's backstory? Duh. And were they asked to join the season Nick Fury style? Zola, you become part of a bigger universe, et cetera, et cetera. That's so Welcome funny. To the What's your, what's the your backstory, story, Zola? What's your origin story? My origin story? <laughs> Zola origins. Like, I love that. Um, well, so I guess my origin story for Roll to Cast is that I went to acting school at the same time as Ellen. So Hello. I'm also an actor as everyone else here is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Ellen was in two years above me. Yes, you were one of my first years when I was in third year. Yeah. And I assistant directed your first 
show. Yeah, which was and then really she sweet. also acted in that show too, which so was so weird. It was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> it was cute though. But then, uh, yeah, when I graduated, I just started working with Ellen a lot. We did like a clown show together, yeah. and then she was in like a show, like a show that I've worked on for a couple of years. I've been working on this show, and Ellen was in it. Um, and yeah, we just kind of have always done stuff together. And so that's kind of how I met everyone else is through Ellen. She kind of pulled me in, um, which is why I was in that, uh, the episode of Loki and which is actually a more ridiculous name but, but I love that's it. that's pretty much the launching pad for yeah. then uh sean oh, wanting yeah. oh, zola involved in yes. the season uh, that was, was my Fury. origin story because i lunch dates with loki if you don't haven't listened to it it's where someone comes in a guest star yeah. who comes in and they have to like talk about um, a fictional character that they had a crush on and they but they have to not tell Ellen who it is and Ellen has to guess and I came in and I no joke thought that I picked Zuko and <laughs> of course and I came in and I one of my first things I said I was like he's kind of fiery and then like within 30 seconds she got it and I was like why did I say that like, <laughs> like, like, like to keep it a yourself up to fail he can yeah, sort of control fire <laughs> yeah. He's got a really burnt face. <laughs> he's a so bad that boy. Might mean. Some say he's royalty. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's. Oh, and then also, which you guys probably wouldn't know, as in like the listeners, but I was also, um, I was also in the group of people who Ellen tested kids on bikes with her right. storyline. That's right. Oh and my that's gosh. actually this is actually my origin story because that was the first um, TTRPG game I ever played. Hey. Was that kids on bike campaign that you guys will have be out of here because it's now um, a roll to cast season. Which tragically Zola has gotten almost to the end of and just they haven't, they didn't complete it. We never completed it. uh, Spoiler alert, but I had the connection with that weird monster thing and I was like (laughs) oh yes, love this like I got cool powers. The weird monster has a name and it's Brio. Ours was Brian. Yeah, (laughs) Brian. It's so interesting. Yeah, and that was so valuable uh, working um, that's why I picked Zola to be in that test group because I really wanted someone to ping ideas off and I, I knew Zola just from playing the test game of Kids on Bikes gave me so many ideas, so many settings that I had not intended on exploring, so many NPCs I <laughs> intended on speaking to that ended up in uh, uh, Kids on Bikes proper in Mystery Down Under. So, yeah, wow, Zola's got a whole role to cast yeah. in yeah, extended I do. universe. I do. That's wild. You can yeah. also... So by the way, solo film that brought you into the... If you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're a, a Patreon member, and you have access to our backlog of um, right. episodes. That's, That's how right. you can get lunch dates with Loki and you yeah. can see Zola there. Also, if you jump onto our YouTube channel onto Wake Up Night oh, City, yeah. Zola is also... Your Bliss. Bliss. Uh... A have, character in I can't Wake remember your last name. I know. Okay, it's so funny. If you guys go but watch her, I'd say you? about five different names. I call her Bliss, I think, Fliss? Floss? Or so, I don't know, something else. It's Perfect. also worth noting Perfect. that Zola got the call the night before to mm. be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Knowing nothing about Cyberpunk 2020... It or was, read or anything and just came in and it did it. It was very funny. It. Zola came in. Uh, obviously, the stream had already started. I was like, okay, come, come on. We're going to get you into makeup. And then just like while we were getting into makeup, I was like, okay, so there's Uncle Bob. Uh, he, sometimes he's in a dumpster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got pretty proud that day. Ellen gave me like about five talking points and I, you, I put them all in. Every single one. And just before you went on, I gave you a clown mask and I said, you should say that you killed a bozo. They're like, and you did. did. And it was like, I just remember the look on Chris's face of like, 
<laughs> like what? what? Like, She's hidden it. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my RTC uh, origin story yeah. and my uh, TTPRG. TTRPG. Yeah. I said it right the first time. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. sorry. My bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Like before. The last <laughs> time I did it. TRTTPGs. That was both of my origin stories. Wow. And that was all the questions from everyone. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Thinking of making this a two-parter. We'll see. It's long. It's long. But that is so good. And we couldn't do it. We couldn't have episodes like this without everyone kind of writing in and giving us awesome questions. It gives us the time to do that yeah because it's been also a massive season and a massive undertaking and it's been one of my favorite ttrpg experiences during the avatar season i loved it i said two it broke two rtc records but really it broke three of longest uh pg and first pc romance yes yeah. that's right so just yeah it's, Winning it's all, those all awards. great new stuff and it won us and it won us in any oh yeah in some, yeah. Way. In some ways yeah. Congrats. Yeah, yeah yeah that's awesome first of all thank you everyone Thank so you, much. everyone. Thank um, you, everyone. And I thought we'll um, we'll take this opportunity very quickly. Uh, <laughs> some people already know, so I can finally talk to everyone about what is going to happen next season. And next season is going to be GM'd by myself, and we will be playing the game of Starfinder. Ooh, Paizo. Which I realized I actually mentioned in our uh, Pulp Cthulhu postseason episode as the next game I wanted to do. So oh, there you go. You revealed so for, it long that's ago. That's called revealed foreshadowing. It, <laughs> revealed it literally exactly two years ago to the day that this comes out. We're going to wow. find some stars. Yeah. So this is going to be a, a, a season with an, another brand new player as well. Actually, yeah. one that is not Zola. <laughs> no. Oh, but just as excellent. <laughs> exactly right. Absolutely. Truly though. And so uh, if you... Basically, if you are listening to this, if you'd like a little bit of a, a a prelude to what to expect from our new player, Karma, Karma's actually already been a part of Rollercast Live. So if you jump onto yes, Rollercast Live on has. the October uh, edition, Karma plays Dark Heresy. Yeah. So that can be a lovely introduction to Karma before you jump into two weeks from now. And he's uh, been in our, our chats quite a bit. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. Every Roll to Cast yeah. Live, Karma's always in the chats. So, so in, in two weeks' time, we will have Starfinder, but there's still next week to think about. And next week is going to be our tried and true interview episode that we do every season. And we have the lovely Brendan Conway, the uh, lead on Avatar. Uh, uh, legends. Wow, yes. that's really cool. Yeah, it's very <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know that. That's awesome. I'm yeah. gonna ask him all sorts of hard-hitting questions, like, "What's his favorite character from the TV show?" <laughs> <laughs> Who what do you sh- think? What, what uh, ship does he go with? Well, yeah, that's <laughs> well, he a real... was at pains to say that while he's the leader, it was a very collaborative process. Yes. yes. So yes. I am keen to hear all about that. Process. That process. Making a game yeah, I'm really all the different people that that help bring this game together. I'm really excited. Uh, it was, I think, it's one of the most fine, like one of the richest Kickstarter uh, projects in the TTRPG community. Absolutely. I think eight million dollars behind it. Wow, um, huge! It's teams. a real quality product. So yeah. I'm really excited. I want to know about the pressure. I want to know about the the process. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, with a collaborative process and. You know, someone has to call the shots, or or do you just sit down as a team and yeah, say, exactly, how, how do you yeah. do that? 
Nice. Uh, I'm curious. Well, jump in next week to see everything about uh, Brendan Conway and then on to the stars with Starfinder. But you're going to yeah. tell them what it's called or are you oh. going to wait for that? I'm going to I'm gonna let that come at um, episode zero. Oh, okay. nice. Very nice. I like it. Yeah. Such yes, a good got, name. They're going to wait. It's um, a really good name, guys. It's good. Good job, Alex. It's fun. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm proud of it. Uh, until that time, I have been Sean. I've been Ellen. I've been Phil. I've been Chris. And I've been Zola. Yay! Yay! That's a wrap on Zola. That's a wrap on You have been listening to Homeland, which is a Roll to Cast production. The best way to find us is on Twitter, Discord, and our Patreon. All our podcasts are on Acast, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Roll to Cast. Avatar Legends, a role-playing game, was created by Magpie Games. Nickelodeon, Avatar, and all related titles, logos, and characters are trademarks of Viacom International Incorporated. But I did tease that we're going to talk about what happens next season. Two hours ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've, you've stuck here, so you get you get to know. And next season will be GM'd by... So I think I can do it before the bark happened. Bowser. Bowser's doing it. That's a stinky boy. Yeah. Bork. Mike's a pig. Bork, bork. Look at someone near the door. Bork. Bork, bork, bork. Sorry. Just Wait. overlay me saying bork. bork. Sorry, Phil's... It's our dream of Jenny. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.